Hello, this is Roy Mitchell, and this is the Hibla Minute. And my guest today is Christine Walker. Christine has been with Home Again Pet Rescue for nine years and currently is its vice president. Animal rescue organizations across Canada are reporting a surge in demand for rescue dogs and cats as people look for companions to keep them company during self-isolation. Urban-based rescues like Toronto Save Our Scruff and Halifax Marley's Dog Hope Rescue are adjusting to the pandemic. Save Our Scruff is putting adoptions and intakes on hold because of physical distancing concerns. However, the group has still seen applications for foster soar from 33 in January to 203 in March. In Halifax, Marley's Hope Dog Rescue has received 20 foster applications in just two days. Typically, they'd receive that many in six to eight months. Regardless, the group isn't processing those applications. While fostering dogs is a good thing, rescues do not want to have these fostered dogs return once people go back to work. So what is it like for a rural dog and cat rescue group like Home Again? How are they addressing the abandoned and unwanted dogs and cats in our area? Christine Walker spoke to me about what they do and how they are adjusting to this pandemic. Before we start, I want to read the description of what they do from their website. Home Again is a volunteer organization that rescues surrendered, abandoned, and homeless dogs and cats for people in the Bancroft area, fosters them until ready to be adopted, and subsidizes the spaying neutering of pets in the greater Bancroft area of Ontario for people who might not otherwise be able to afford this surgery. This includes microchipping and being a source to notify people of lost and found pets. This is a great summary of what they do, So, to start off the interview, I welcomed Christine and asked if Home Again is open and what the volunteer organization is doing in light of the pandemic. Hi, Roy. Thanks for having me. Yes, we are still fostering. We're still open. Right now, we have about 10 fosters on the go for dogs, and the cats are always busy. Cats are the problem in our world. Too many unwanted ones, too many feral ones. Right now, I would say that... uh, it's really in flux with uh, the amount of fosters that we use at any one time because it all depends on the need. Sometimes when we get puppies or if uh, multiples were surrendered, we can't plunk them all in one foster home. So we need to run a search and start looking for people to fill that void for us. And until we can find them, the animals kind of have to stay where they are. So we try to work really hard to get them out and into our care. And that's why we depend so much on fosters. It is a little bit slower right now, but even two weeks ago, we ended up with 21 dogs that were adopted in a very short period of time, which is astounding. But yeah, now it's slowed down a bit. I'm guessing that it may be because of the pandemic and people are at home, so their situations aren't changing as much. So yeah, I I think that that pretty much is what we can say as far as the pandemic and being slow goes. However, two weeks ago, we were quite busy. We ended up in ending up that month with about 21 dogs being adopted. And that's really good, even for this time of year, which is baby season. We get all the puppies and whatnot that come in and kittens as well. So you take in dogs and cats and find foster parents for them, and then they get their forever homes. And that could take some time. What's the longest foster care you know of? Well, the longest foster care are what we uh, call forever fosters, and those are really good souls that uh, that basically look after and love an animal for the rest of its life because it's unadoptable. 
and home again continues to pay the costs incurred for that animal. So that would be the longest. The next in line, which is more common, are animals that have serious injuries or ailments that need to have surgery and recuperate. And that time frame is usually about six months, but the average would be between one and two months. That depends, like the puppies go fast, desirable breeds go fast. Yeah, other than that, the other, only other little foster ones are what we call foster failures. And those are the people that fell so in love with their foster that they adopted them. And usually we try to make sure they continue to foster, but there's no guarantee. How do you cover the costs of what you do? For example, to spay or neuter a dog or cat would cost. Well, we cover our costs by fundraising, adoption fees, and wonderful donators. I would say that for sure the adoption fees are the main source for us. And the way it works is that in puppies and healthier dogs or dogs that have been uh, spay or neutered and inoculated, they obviously cost us less. But though the funds that may be sort of a surplus in an adoption fee there ends up going over and helping to pay for you know, the animals where they require surgeries and things like that. We're still running on the wrong end of it with that. That's why we need to fundraise. We do not get any government funding at all. So we do have four fundraisers a year. And we have a lot of wonderful donators. And that's how we cover the cost. As far as, oh, sorry, another big one would be, I'm remiss in forgetting this, is our uh, veterinarians. They give us a wonderful rescue rate, and that allows us to be able to help our community. Are you seeing more interest in adopting pets now that there is a pandemic? And how has the pandemic affected Home Again? We've been getting a lot of calls, but again, this time of year is normally busy as far as queries go. What we're having an issue with is what I'm calling bottlenecking, is we can intake dogs at this point, but we can't adopt a lot of them out because unfortunately the vets are only doing critical care services right now, which means there are no spay and neuterings taking place, and we will not adopt out dogs that are and cats that are not spay or neutered and vet checked and inoculated. So that has caused an issue where we can intake, but we can't outtake, so to speak. And as far as the phone calls go, what we're also finding is that we are getting a lot of calls, but a lot of them are, for lack of a better way of putting it, I would say unsuitable. They're people that are thinking more in terms of the pandemic and what their needs are, as opposed to remembering that adopting is a lifetime commitment. It is a good time to adopt for sure. We're all home. We can do the transition. We can, you know, acclimate the pet, but we have to have a plan in place for when we all get back to our regular life. So there are some pitfalls in it. And the other aspect with the pandemic that's really problematic and potentially even more problematic is fundraising. Home Again only has four major fundraisers a year. We already had to cancel our bake sale. Very much look like we're going to have to cancel our pet fest in August. And then we have Oh, and golf, actually. Sorry, golf will probably have to go by the wayside because that's usually in late spring, early summer. So we could have a real financial issue this year. We have to wait and see. Hey, we're not in this alone. It said on your website, some dogs are pending. What exactly does that mean when a foster dog is pending? Well, pending is a pause. It's allowing an adoption that has just taken place a few days for all of us to hopefully know if it's going to work. That's one reason. The other reason is, is that sometimes we get 
really popular animals, often puppies or kittens, and we get inundated with applications and that just causes confusion and ultimately disappointment for a lot of people. So it allows us to pause applicants so we can sort through what we have and go through our process. And that's what pending means. Do you have people who try, but it just doesn't work out? That must be a hard call to make. Yes, Roy, it's, it can be really difficult, but fortunately, it doesn't happen very often with Home Again. We really try hard to make the perfect fit, and we have a really great application process, starting with the fact that the application is not available on our site. You have to reach out and ask for it. It needs to be filled out and returned. It's gone over also by the foster, because often the foster knows the animal better than directors or people that aren't actually fostering that particular pet. So after that's done, and if we see an applicant that looks like a pretty good fit or a potentially great fit, we have a phone interview, and that allows us to ask questions, but it also allows the potential adopter to ask questions as well. We Google Street View their address to make sure that it looks like what we would like for that particular pet. Unfortunately, it's very difficult for us to do home visits. It's just our geography. Everything's so spread out. And we also have many, many adopters that come from Nova Scotia, the state. We don't ship our pets. People have to have that commitment factor and come and meet us and meet the pet. And if we like it, everybody feels good about it, the adoption takes place. And we also provide a post-adoption support in case it's needed. We really want to keep that new family together. And on our adoption contract, there is a clause in it that says that if anything goes wrong or for whatever reason, the pet must come back to home again. So we try our best to be the last line of defense for these animals. As much as we love them, we don't want to see them again except for in pictures. We also have unconventional adoptions. That's kind of thinking outside the box, but it allows a really good fit for some pretty unique people and unique animals as well, including seniors. We just ask that they have a plan in place for a worst case scenario. How many pets do you see get adopted in a year? Last year, we adopted out 250 dogs and cats right in that margin. And we spay, neutered, and microchipped pretty darn close to 800. So we're, we're doing what we can in our small world. It's amazing the amount of animal welfare that's needed here. How many volunteers are in Home Again? About 40. But again, it's a fluid number and everybody does different things. We have people like board members, we're all volunteer. Nobody gets a dime. But yeah, I'd say 40 would probably be about the average. You have the ones that help out at the fundraisers. You have the fosters. We have Catter Day every Saturday. That's how a lot of our cats get adopted. So people can have a visual, mainly kittens. And we have lovely uh, volunteers that man the adoption center. And again, uh, the pandemic's affected that because we can't get the cats to pet value to, for Catterday. If anybody does want to get involved with Home Again, how would they go about it? Just call, email, message. I can also give it to you. I'll include it at the end so people can hear it at the end. They'll be ready for it. Get their pen and paper because at the end I'll give you this information. Good enough. Is there any advice you'd like to give people about having a pet in a pandemic right now? Love them. Enjoy them. Spay and neuter them when we can, which is not right this minute. That's really it. I wanted to talk to you about a pet's 10 commandments. I saw it on your website. It's amazing. Who wrote that? Stan Rawlinson wrote it. He's a UK trainer. He wrote it in 1993, I believe. Wow. I got all choked up reading it. 
I'm going to get Ken Fraser to read it so people can hear it. It is beautiful, and it's got a lot of great advice, and it really taps into people's empathy. And before we go, I just have one more question. Is there a difference between dog people and cat people? Not really. Both are passionately in love with their pets, and they consider them family. Really? I'm a dog person. I'm not a cat person. Can you tell? <laughs> I'm both. I can't tell the difference between one or the other, and when I see them, they all seem to just be in love with their pets. Okay, you're very diplomatic. You're very diplomatic. So, Christine, thank you so much. Is there anything you'd like to say before we go? Well, I think yes, there is actually. I would like to thank everybody in our community for all the great support, and that probably the best way that they could help us out is that if any time there's an animal in need, give us a call. We depend on our community to keep us informed of our of where we're needed. Well, thank you so much, and enjoy your pets. Thanks for having me, Roy. Thank you, Christine Walker, for your leadership and everyone else at home again. You're a great group of people and doing important work. And now you should have your paper and pencil or your phone or somewhere to take this information down because this is how you get a hold of Home Again by their email address, info at homeagainbancroft.ca, or you could phone them at 613-334-8471. And now, as promised, The Pet's Ten Commandments was created in 1993 by Stan Rawlinson and is written from the point of view of a dog. The commandments convey the dog's perspective to elicit empathy from humans in their role as the pet's caregiver. They are written from the dog's point of view. Commandments convey ideas of trust, tolerance, anger, hurt, pain, and forgiveness, amongst others. So thank you, Ken Fraser, for this poignant reading of Stan Rawlinson's A Pet's Ten Commandments. And the reading will be followed by Alien Dread, a band out of the UK. And since it's starting to feel like spring, why not give a listen to Spring Dub? Enjoy. And first, here is Ken Fraser reading A Pet's Ten Commandments. Number one. My life is likely to last 10 to 15 years. Any separation from you is likely to be painful. Number two, give me time to understand what you want of me. Number three, place your trust in me. It is crucial for my well-being. Number four, Don't be angry with me for long, and don't lock me up as punishment. You have your work, your friends, your entertainment, but I have only you. Number five, talk to me. Even if I don't understand your words, I do understand your voice when speaking to me. Number six, Be aware that however you treat me, I will never forget it. Number seven, before you hit me, before you strike me, remember that I could hurt you, and yet I choose not to bite you. Number eight, before you scold me for being lazy or uncooperative, ask yourself if something might be bothering me. Perhaps I'm not getting the right food, I have been in the sun too long, or my heart might be getting old or weak. Number nine, please take care of me when I grow old. You too will grow old. 
Number 10. On the ultimate difficult journey, go with me, please. Never say you can't bear to watch. Don't make me face this alone. Everything is easier for me if you are there, because I love you so. And that's it, another Hibla Minute. 
Thank you to my guest, Christine Walker, from Home Again. Thank you to Ken Fraser for that poignant reading. I always like to hear from you, so tell me what you think, and send a shout-out to all the good people at Home Again. I'm your host, Roy Mitchell, and see you Thursday. This was the Hibla Minute. Take care. <laughs>